Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. Today we're going to continue in our Isaiah's Messiah, Names of Jesus series, and we're going to look at Lesson 6, where we're talking about Sar Shalom, or the Prince of Peace in English. We've looked at Isaiah 9, 6, verse 6 and 7 so far in looking at these various names so far that we're told here. Let's read that scripture one more time. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, or it should be translated Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we've looked at how he is the child that is born and the son that is given. Not just any son, but the son of God come in the flesh, speaking of his humanity. We talked about him being the wonder of a counselor. And we looked at some relations and some events where his brilliance and wisdom shone through. Even though he would not violate his heart and his mission when others tried to trap him or to outwit him. We saw how he is the mighty God the one who can do anything and everything that needs to be done, who can do miracles and overrule, including the greatest miracle of all, to transform a sinner and make them born again in a brand new creation because he is mighty to save. We saw him as the father of eternity, the only one who is the source of eternal life and the only one who can and does give it to all who believe in him in sincere repentance and faith, making them move from deadness to life eternal. Isaiah also calls him the Prince of Peace, or in Hebrew, Sar Shalom. Sar, the word for prince, or translated prince in many versions, means the head person or the head ranking officer or ruler. It's a prince, a ruler, a chief, an official, can be translated as a general or a commander, an overseer or a head. I love this one, captain, captain, the one who navigates the ship, the one who brings the ship to safety, the one who turns the ship away from danger, the one in control. He's the one who has and exercises dominion He's the keeper of peace. Paul in the New Testament in Colossians chapter 3.15 speaks of it this way. Colossians 3.15 says this, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So that word for rule means to arbitrate, to govern, or to prevail. It also speaks of being a director in the public games, to decide or determine. I love this, to be an umpire. So let the peace of God umpire in your hearts. 
When we use that word, we typically will think of a baseball or softball game. The umpire is the one that calls the shots. He decides whether it's a ball or a strike. He decides whether the runner is safe or out. And his call stands, even sometimes when it's challenged. Unless there's a tape or something that shows very plainly that he made the wrong call. The call is always his to make in a baseball game or in a softball game. Paul calls this umpire the peace of God, that quietness of soul and mind, that shalom. It's interesting because that word includes to be at one again. In other words, not tossed and turned or eaten up inside, but to be at rest, to be at a place of trust and safety. Remember, the umpire calls safety when the runner is safe. One rabbi said of all the Hebrew words in their language, the most familiar is shalom. Shalom is talking about peace, but it's more than just peace or tranquility. It signifies in the Hebrew language, wholeness, soundness, completeness in all areas of life, the wishing of welfare and well-being in every way, safety, wellness, health, prosperity. The root word means complete, so it's signifying completeness. Peace is very important in Scripture in both the Old and the New Testament. It's used many times throughout I want us to consider a few examples that we may look up the scriptures at, but I want to give you the scriptures even if we don't actually read those in this message for the sake of time. It's interesting that its first use is in Genesis chapter 15, verse 15, when it refers to even death and passing into eternity as a state of peace. Psalm 29, verse 11 says, The Lord blesses with peace. Psalm 85, verse 7 and 8 says, The Lord speaks peace to us. Psalm 119, verse 165 says that those who love God's law have great peace. Isaiah 26, verse 3 speaks of double peace for those who keep their mind stayed on him, propped on him, leaned upon him, taken hold of him, rested upon him, because that person then is confident and sure, trusting in God. Isaiah 26.3 reads, those who keep their mind on him have perfect peace. The word for perfect peace is double peace. Peace, peace is what it's really saying. An overabundance of peace, a double blessing or a double portion of peace when we keep our minds stayed on him. Because, just like Paul said, the peace of God is umpiring in our hearts. Isaiah 32 verse 17 says the activity, work of choosing to walk a straight path or on the straight and narrow as Jesus said, becomes peace. The result is rest and safety. This actually even ties beautifully to Hebrews 12, 11, where it speaks of the effect of proper chastening from the Lord yielding peace.
peace in our lives. It shows us that part of living right and in peace is receiving God's discipline in our lives when we need it. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, we, it speaks of Christ enduring the chastisement, the blows and the discipline, the blows and the correction, so to speak, that were necessary to bring us peace. Jesus endured them. He didn't endure them because he deserved them. He endured them standing in our place because we deserved them. And they were necessary to bring us peace. He endured the punishment and disciplinary blows that man's sin or woman's sin required so that we, the guilty ones, would not have to endure them, but rather would be restored to peaceful favor with the Father, as we see Paul reference in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 through 21. And because Jesus endured this, we can then be placed in a right standing with God a place that Paul calls peace with God in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. This gives us confidence and boldness. We don't have to cower or shy away, afraid of God, afraid of his rod, afraid of him beating us or whatever. We don't have to even think that way because we have peace with God and we know that he loves us so much that he sent his own son to die for us to take our punishment in our place. And now being justified by faith, according to Romans 5.1, we have peace with God. Isaiah 54 verse 13 speaks of a great promise for children, that all of our children will have great peace as they are taught of the Lord. Isaiah 55 verse 12 speaks of how God leads us with peace that settledness of spirit and mind about a particular move or direction or decision. Isaiah 52 verse 7 and Nahum chapter 1 verse 15 both speak about the beautiful feet of those who bring peace, bring the message of peace, share the gospel that will bring peace to weary souls. Haggai 2 verse 9 speaks of the latter house, the second temple, because in that place, God gives peace. How? Because of Yeshua, Jesus. In the Gospels, we see how he came. He came to the temple many times, taught in the temple many times. He was judged in the temple at various times right before he died. He was sacrificed. And through his death, he restored us to favor with God so that now we have entered that place. If you've believed in Jesus and he is your Lord and Savior, you've been born again. We are now in that place of peace with God that Romans 5 speaks of. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Captain of Peace. He has exercise and dominion over it. He's the source of peace. He's the ruler, the leader, the official the one who has authority to call the shots. So we see that Christ is the one in authority, having dominion to rule, establish, speak, and give peace. 
true soundness, well-being, wholeness, and safety in any given situation and to any person. He speaks it. He gives it. He creates it. He controls it. So let's see a few examples of Jesus operating in this function or name as Sar Shalom or the Prince of Peace during his earthly life. First of all, let's look at a time when he spoke peace. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, we see the example of when he spoke peace over the wind and the waves that were raging in the disciples being tossed about in the sea, in the boat. In Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 34, and in Luke chapter 8, verse 43 through 48, we see when Jesus spoke peace and brought peace to those who needed healing as well. When he sent the healing word regarding the daughter that needed to be healed, the daughter that was 12 years old, and when he gave healing to the woman with the issue of blood. I have a message on that. If you'd like to look it up in the archives, you're welcome to do so. It's called Healing Him, H-E-M. And it explains why she had to touch him and what happened. What was the faith that Jesus mentioned that saved her and made her whole? And it ties back to Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. When she said she had to touch him, she had to cling to him. She had to attach herself to him. She had to touch him because she realized he was the Messiah, the one that Malachi had prophesied about. And so that power, that dunamis, extended from him the actual virtue that was needed to meet her need. In Luke chapter 24, verse 36, he spoke peace after his resurrection when he appeared to his disciples. And in John chapter 20, verse 19, 21, and 26, Jesus also gave peace. In John chapter 14, Verse 27, it says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says these words, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation." But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus gives peace. Jesus created peace. Back in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, he made calm in the midst of the storm. First, he spoke peace into the situation. Then he commanded the sea and wind to obey him. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 25, this is when the three Hebrew boys would not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And in 325, we see where God's presence, Jesus' very presence himself, the Son of the living God, was with the three Hebrew boys and brought peace in the midst of the fire. Jesus also is the captain, or the Sar Shalom, the captain of peace, because he controls it. He's the one who determines who, what, 
when and how to speak or give or create peace in any given situation. When storms come, when healing is needed, when the disciples were afraid, and when things looked uncertain even about the future, Jesus is the one who controls and makes the determination and decision to speak peace. And he gives peace and he controls it. I want to go back a little bit to this concept that Paul introduced us to in Colossians 3.15 that we read earlier, that the peace of God umpires in our hearts. You may or may not like baseball. You may be a, a baseball fanatic. You may be one who can't stand it. I've always enjoyed baseball. I grew up in a family. There were three three guys that lived there, my, my father, my grandfather, and my brother. And so, you know, we watched all kinds of sports, and I can't stand some of the other ones, but I used to get into the baseball ones. And we all have our favorite teams. But we know in baseball, there is an umpire. There are usually several in every game. And the umpire's job is to decide and to determine fairly whether the at the plate, at home plate, it's a ball or a strike, whether on the bases the person is out or safe. So the New Testament is conveying to us through Paul that the Sar Shalom is the one who makes the call, who is our peace, who gives peace, who speaks peace, who controls peace, and who creates peace. He's the one that's acting as an umpire concerning us and our peace. In other words, let's look at it like this. Sar can be looked at as one who will turn the head in another direction. I love this because Jesus, who is Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, turns us in his direction and helps us when we are confronted with a challenge or a temptation to fear or to become depressed. In that moment, Sar Shalom can turn our hearts and our minds to think upon, dwell upon, and experience His peace, His wholeness, His soundness, His completeness. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 speaks of not being anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God, and the promise is, when we do that, that the peace of God will keep us. It will be a watcher over us. It will hem us in and guard and protect us. Jesus is the umpire of our peace. The promised Messiah that Isaiah spoke of. He calls the shots in the game of life. He has the authority to rule and decide the call of a particular play in the game, so to speak. A particular event, a particular situation. His word stands in all situations in our life. He watches over every play in our game of life, so to speak. He watches over every situation, every need we have, every place we are, every time in our life. He watches over everyone and stands ready to call out to us that we are safe in his peace. He turns our hearts and our minds to focus away from the storm or the trouble or the fear and turn our hearts and our minds to focus in and to the safety of his peace, 
and his care. Life can be very scary at times. We have to endure hardship. Even in John chapter 16, verse 33, he tells us we will face troubles in this life, but we can rejoice because Sar Shalom has overcome every situation and now he calls the plays. He umpires in every part of our life. He calls us safe, giving us his peace. As second person in the Trinity, Jesus is named the Prince of Peace or Sar Shalom. God is also known, the covenant name for God, as Yahweh Shalom, the God of peace. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity of the Godhead, is the God of peace, the Sar Shalom. He will umpire the peace of God in our lives. As captain or ruler in the dominion of peace, he will oversee the distribution of his peace to us when we face challenges, thereby giving us peace. I can tell you many examples in my life from surgery times to tornado story when I was in a place that had a bunch of tornadoes that night and God gave us peace and God gave us covering and protection. I can tell you through health issues that I'm battling, they're not easy, they're trials, they're troubles. And I am one of those, I hope maybe you can join me in this, that we're longing for home. I'm not home yet, I'm just a pilgrim passing through this place. I'm going home, but I know that my God gives us words and gives us peace and gives us comfort in our time of need. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 12, through chapter 34, verse 9, we see Moses longing to see the glory of God, and so God hid him in a place of safety in the cleft of the rock, covered him there, protecting him as he passed by. In Psalm chapter 61, verse 2, it says this, From the end of the earth I will cry to you, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David is crying out here, and he says, When I'm overwhelmed, when I'm in the dark about a situation, when I'm faint, when I'm weak, when I've grown weak or feeble, when I'm enveloped and languished in a situation, lead me to the rock that is higher than I am, to Jesus Christ, who is that rock, to Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, that I may be in a place of peace. A friend of mine shared a story when she was going to go on a cruise that the Lord had spoken to her and said, don't ask for clarity, ask for peace. And her sister had told her about a situation where when they were disembarking from a cruise ship, she said that the assistant greeted each passenger instead of the captain that time. And she said that the ex assistant explained that the captain apologized, but that he had to sleep right then because he had had to stay up all night to navigate them around a very bad spot in order to bring them to safety. Our captain neither slumbers nor sleeps. He is on the job all the time, always navigating us to safety. How he brings it to pass may vary. Sometimes 
He will carry us to a place of safety or lead us to a place of safety. Sometimes he will calm the storm and stop it. Sometimes he will carry us in his arms. Sometimes he will lead us to the rock that is above the problem. Sometimes he builds us on the rock of wisdom so that our house and life is safe when the storms come. Sometimes he instructs or leads us to feed on his faithfulness, as one of the psalmists says in the word, to trust him through it, even when we can't see him at work. Sometimes it's a desert type of moment, and we have to just rest under the shadow of his wings and praise him anyway through it. Sometimes he hides us like he did with Moses in the cleft of the rock. But the end goal always, he wants us to have a peaceful home, a peaceful family. He wants us to dwell in secure and safe dwellings and to have great sleep and rest. In Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17 and 18, it says this, The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. That's God's end goal for every one of us. And eventually, we will have the eternal peace in his presence. We can be confident that it is well with our soul, and it is well with us all through life, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the one who brings us, leads us, and puts us in the direction and places us in a place of safety and peace. That place where as our umpire, he can make the call over us safe in every part of our life. It is well with us because he is our umpire and we are always safe in his arms and in his peace. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future messages in our Isaiah's Messiah Names of Jesus series. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.